With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. I'm the child. I'm the pekin. I'm HH. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. The main one's Twitter, at Talking Tactics. Um, we have a YouTube channel, so subscribe to that over there. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and we will read on the show. We got two this week. They're pretty lengthy, or at least one of them's lengthy. One of them is from Switzerland. It says, love your show, hate Mourinho, laughing emoji. Yeah, I used to, I used to live in, in Geneva, man, so shout out to my Swiss fan. This guy said his, his name's Gunnar1989. I feel like listening to friends, and I just want to jump in in the convo, the niche I've been looking for. Hey, wow, that's nice. And this one is from the United States of America by a guy called Finn822. It says, I listened to best of the week. I listened to upwards of 10 hours, damn, of football slash soccer podcasts a week, and this is the best hour. Uh, Daniel, Have Hope, and Carl are insightful, funny, and easy to listen to all at once. I've been listening for nearly a year now, and the episodes are always great, discussing everything from the latest CL games and all the European leagues to big picture things like FFP. On a serious note, I appreciate their discussions on race and football and in the world, and I find them to be thought-provoking and valuable to every football slash soccer fan. Keep doing what you guys do. And to HH, next year, it's semis minimum. So shout out to Finn. Thanks thanks for the review. Thank you, Finn. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and yes, semis minimum. What else do we have to plug, man? We have a Patreon page. This week, we're going to finish. This week, you're getting two. Because last week, I don't know what happened. Our wires got crossed and just we mm-hmm. didn't get around to it. But we're going to watch a Zidane doc later today. That's going up as soon as it possibly can. And then later in the week, whatever you guys want us to watch, we'll watch. Or maybe we can keep watching these football documentaries perhaps i'm sure there's there's got to be one on like pele i don't know check us out on patreon three dollars a month you get access to the four four or five episodes that we drop each month and then access to the back catalog i think there's over a hundred i think i read that like they sent me a message like oh you have a hundred such and such so put some money in the collection plate and you'll get access to all of that good stuff the word soccer it triggers people for some reason no, 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 no. It's just, you know, I mean, it, I, you, you, in 2020, you shouldn't be using the word soccer. I mean, come on, you're, you're being a joke if you're saying that. Quick, do you think America will ever win a World Cup 
while the main word for the sport is not football. No. So in order for America to win a World Cup, they have to come to the realization that it's actually football. Yeah. All right. We're going to start in La Liga. Real Madrid won La Liga. You were holding on to Barcelona are going to do it. They're going to come back as long as Messi's at Barcelona. They'll always win the league, despite you hating Griezmann at the same time. Well, not hating. Despite you being very critical of Griezmann at the same time, you still held on hope to Barcelona. The Oos, all these types of dudes. They didn't pull it off, man. Real Madrid got it done. Zidane came through big. Benzema came through big. Ramos came through big. Has a small part. Um, <laughs> your thoughts on the 2019-2020 La Liga champions? We have to have a conversation about Zidane. Uh, maybe this guy actually knows what he's, he's, he's doing. Best defensive record. Erasing notion of they can't win anything without Cristiano. I, this group, Hazard was a non-factor. So without Cristiano, without Hazard, he that's what I call management, you know. And let's keep it real, as bad as Barcelona were, because yes, of course, Barcelona were, were trash this season. They were really, really bad this season. But you have to give credit to Zidane because Zidane has now finally proven to any doubters he can manage. That he knows how to organize a, a, a team. Because again... The reason why I went with the Barcelona is because I was like, oh gosh, this guy's going to have Hazard. Hazard is going to be a non-entity. Yeah, Barca, they're going to win this. And Real Madrid, they will just, they will come up short in, in key games. So credit to Zidane and Benzema, of course, that in they, they kept on winning. When it, when, it, when it needed to be, they kept on winning. Because I thought that psychologically, because when they beat Barcelona... Went it and then and then lost to I think it's what I've been Celta Vigo the very next week. I was like, all right, Real, these guys are gonna choke, blah, blah, blah they're gonna fall. But no, they, they they came through, they did their thing, and yeah, like this is the most important victory for Zidane because of the no Cristiano factor and how long it's been since they've won a league. Yes, they won the league in that season, but then you say, well, you know, this is during your Champions League run. Yeah, well, you had Christian and everything, but the very fact that, okay, that whole Champions League thing is is done. So, I, yes, I can win a Champions League. I can win a league as well, you know, and also I can win a league without the crazy goal-scoring Christian. So I can actually take Benzema to the, to the next level, and Benzema has been one of the best players in Europe. He's been easily one of the best players in Europe since the restart. The highs of winning a cup competition are fantastic. But it's the, the gratification of doing something over the course of 34 games in the Bundesliga or 38 games over the course of a season in normal leagues. It's almost greater in some ways because it proves that through, and I guess this season's special, but normally speaking, through August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, and then May, through all of those months, we somehow found a way to be the best team in our country all the problems that come through injuries and just man management and form dipping and, you know, the highs and lows of managing that, it, it proves something different than it's just a, a knockout round and anything can kind of happen. We enjoy that spectacle of just the unpredictability of the quarterfinals, semifinals and finals of a Champions League. And there's something special in that, but also just the everyday groundwork of winning a domestic league is gratifying. It's why if you go to these these teams that have won nine, eight, seven in a row, they the fans are still happy <laughs> because 
it proves that yes, we are the best. We are the dominant club in this nation. So for Zidane yeah, to pull no, that yeah, off, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it it's, says something different about him as a manager. And it's almost like you can you. <laughs> it's it's difficult to do this three years in a row, but there's all there's almost something like yeah, you can probably just kind of luck your way into winning a cup competition. You can't luck your way into winning a league. That's something concrete that nobody can question. So it enhances Zidane's. I don't want to say legacy, but it, it, it should enhance his reputation now that he's done it twice. I would always, always choose a Champions League over a league title. Well, see, that's that's why I meant the high of winning a Champions League is unbeatable, but the gratification might be in the league. So, like if you yeah. ask so if, if you ask Liverpool fans what was a higher feeling, then some might probably some, some might say the league because it's been so long. But I'm sure most would say the Champions League. But if you said what's more gratifying, like what fills you? If if you have a choice between like a hearty meal and dessert, Champions League is dessert at the end of the day. It's hey, not relax. like no, You're it's calling it's, a Champions League a, a side dish. Dessert is the best part of the meal, but it's, it's not it's, with, it's, it's not gonna keep you full. That's that's some disrespect to the Champions League, bro. You're calling so, the Champions League desserts. What I'm saying is dessert is the best part of the meal, but what keeps you full is the steak and potatoes. Yeah, and the steak and potatoes um, is your domestic league. Maybe you've not had pandedia manekusi soup with suya. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't know many desserts that's better than that meal. That's not. <laughs> so. Are you a dessert guy? Oh, no, oh, no, I love desserts, but there are some main meals that no desserts can beat. So there's some main meals where like, no, this is the best part of the meal. Yes, I'll, 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 the, the cake was cool, but <laughs> I was starving. I had pandediam egusi suya. Nothing is beating this. Nothing is beating this. The Champions League is such an elite competition. I can I can understand how someone could reach that conclusion. But at the same time, there's just something special about just so, doing it over okay, the course okay, of okay, nine put months. It this, this way. Put it this way. I think this is a better way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Winning the Uber Eats if you're PSG, that's nothing. Like that it's it's literally as if you're just turning up or winning the Bundesliga for Vauban. Now Winning the Syria back in the late 90s or winning the Premier League ahead of a Fergie's Man United, now I can understand how that could be gratifying because that is a real sense of difficulty because you're you're having to constantly for 38 games with a guy behind your back, you're ahead, you're behind, you're behind, you're behind, you're ahead, you're ahead, you're ahead. So I can understand how that is very gratifying. So it really depends. But there is no, 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 you're wrong. Yeah, but but you're wrong. So I don't want you to build upon a wrong point. You don't think that Juve fans think that it's challenging to win nine times in a row? Then they're stupid. No, 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 think about it. Sari has to had to come into a a situation where we've won eight in a row. If you this up, I don't know what they might do to him. I don't want to say anything rash. Let's keep it real. So you're really saying that it will be the most shocking thing if, oh, you you broke a streak of winning nine in a row and ten in a row. It's like, bro, yes. you want to, you, you want, but see, winning four in a row is stupid. Winning eight in a row is, is an embarrassment to football and, and my and, and my intelligence. So who, who, who cares if you messed up nine in a row or anything? If as a UEFA fan or a Bayern fan, you are literally jumping up and down and you're gratified okay. after your sixth or seventh row, okay. no, 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 double H. There is something wrong with you. Play the game with me. How many players on the first Juve winning side are in this one? We can think of Buffon. We can think of Chiellini. Other than those two, the team is probably like 98% different. So it's not like it's the, the same club is winning, but the, but the team, the components are different. The manager is different. 
So each year is almost like a new experiment in how good are we still. So if we were to try to make it make sense, the team is totally different. You have a different level of gratification or just there's a level of suspense to start anyway with, yo, this team is totally different. We have a new manager. We've gone through Conte. We've gone through Allegri. We've gone through Sari now. It's not like the same team is winning it. The same club wins it, but not the same team. And each season is different. It has its own complications. Does that make sense? Slightly, but my point still stands. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying if you look at it from a Juve fan's perspective, they could think, well, yeah, we keep winning it, but it's not like we're beating the same teams the same way with the same people that each year. It, it, there's something different. That's that's all I'm. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's, what, that's what, what, what I'm trying to say. So like, you could come to the point that this is more gratifying than I don't know, pick a trophy. But then in like a Juve circumstance, a PSG circumstance, a Man City circumstance, they they'd give all their leagues for one Champions League. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. it's just that high of winning a Champions League is very special. If I told you one player scored 13 goals and another player scored one goal, and I tell you one's an attacker and one's a defender, who scored the 13 goals, logically speaking? I will will ask how many were penalties for the 13 goals. Context is irrelevant. No, in this in football context, as well, because trust me, if you if most of the goals were, were penalties, that's that changes things differently. Now, if those were open play goals, oh my god, I'm like that. I just I saw the stat come through yesterday. I was like, so Ramos has 13 goals in all competitions this season, and Hazard only has one goal in all competitions. This yep. Season. I guess if you if you think about it like this, Hazard doesn't really score that many. Like he might have one or two seasons over twenty goals in all competitions. Somebody might have to fact check me there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah but, but one goal and his pretty horrible performance. But but, but uh, I'm saying that Ramos has basically taken Hazard's role in terms of goal scoring. So like they offset each other in some ways. Plus Ramos is then a defender on top of that. So Ramos just completely took the slack for Hazard. He just made up for his bad performances by the fact that he scored double digits. So it's almost like Hazard not being there didn't matter because you had another player who was willing to step up and score. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but again, context matters. If most of those things are penalties. Most of Hazard's goals for Chelsea? Well, not most, but a lot of his goals for Chelsea yeah, were penalties. Uh, well, well, a lot of them are penalties. So penam- I tried to break this down like two, three weeks ago. If you gave Williams... If you gave the ability for William to take penalties instead of Hazard, the whole perception, the, the paradigm shifts. So Hazard, I think he scored over 30 goals that were penalties, like around 30. So, you know, Ramos taking penalties, Hazard taking penalties. It's going to go in either way. Um, but, yeah, it's just a crazy juxtaposition mm. when you put them in front of uh, each other. Like the blind resume, I think, is very telling here. Is there anything else about La Liga that we want? Like, who's your player of the season? Would it be Benzema? Would it be Ramos? Would it be Courtois? Courtois had a hell of a season. Um, oh, no, no, no. For me, it's it's definitely would have to be um, Benzema. This is interesting. Have you seen what Bale was doing, like, the past couple weeks? I don't know oh, if we've talked about this. Sleeping. Like, he's just been on the bench playing around with, looks like, toilet paper rolls and his mask. And <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very weird situation. Because I think a reporter, journalist, asked about, oh, what is your position with Bill and everything and Zidane was sort of like quite angry with the question was like no 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 there is no issue with me and Bill everything is fine you guys are just trying to make up some stuff it's a weird situation because basically I think Zidane desperately just wants Bill out and Bill's like nah man you know pay me 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I want this money. So, so Bill is very happy being the stubborn dude. Cause I, cause I think Bill is like, look, bro, I did score an overhead scissors kick in a Champions League final off of the bench. That's, <laughs> that's happened. <laughs> he scored, he scored two goals in the Champions League final. Yeah. Off well, the obviously, Carrius a lot, a lot. I mean, Carrius was a Worst, worst, worst performance ever in a final by anybody ever. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, he, <laughs> he threw the ball to Vincent. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to see, see. When that happened, I turned to my Japanese people that I was with. I said, guys, you know, this right here, oh, my that goodness. is the worst goalkeeping mistake of all time. Oh, that has God. to be one of the worst mistakes of all time. Because people say, oh, he had a concussion and everything. Even if you had a concussion, your concussion has to be so bad that literally you can hardly walk because to throw the ball two yards... I told you, you know, I still can't... To throw the ball from a player who is two yards away from you, if you had a concussion, you shouldn't even be able to walk. <laughs> so, because that is... It makes no sense. It's so bad. It's just, it's just, it's so bad. Um, oh, whenever Real Madrid wins something, you want to talk about them. But then the obvious question then pivots to what does Barcelona do and vice versa? So Barcelona have now lost their position on top of Spain. So what should they do? Should they sack Setien? Should they look for somebody new? Like, what's the plan here? Sack Setien, that's the first thing that should happen. Try and get around the Kuman. And completely and totally revamp the team. He, there's, there's no way he's leaving before a Euros next year. May, may, if the Euros happened this year and everything went as planned, maybe you could get him. Yeah, no, 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 no. But, but, but for, like, if, if you, you sack Setien. That's the first thing. You, you, you sack him, and you get a manager who has a vision for taking Barcelona into an the new decade. I have an idea. Wait for it. You'll never guess. Michael Laudrup. <laughs> I'm 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 happy you find that so 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 funny. It's just a callback. If people don't get it, they don't get it. But you know, it's been a while since you've said loud to get a job, so I figured I'd, I'd I'd remind you that that was once a thing. No, but like, in, in all honesty, who do you think they could get? Because Poch is out there, but he won't manage Barcelona, so that's not a one. That's not a one. They'd never go for Allegri, because that's just antithetical to how they play football. So it would it have to be somebody from within, like how they did Pep. Or... Yeah, I mean, no, 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 for me, either you get someone like, you see, if it's me, get someone completely away from the hope. Barcelona thing, and someone with a vision, with a radically different vision from what they've done the past decade. Do you think Pep would ever go back to Barcelona? I don't if think they, he would. If they change the president, if they change the board, he would. He left because of the presidents, because the way things were going, he didn't uh, agree with it. So I think if they change the presidents and the board and the people, then yeah, of course he would go back. So he's dependent. Kuman is a good idea, but I just don't think he'd go. He did say that he would want to go, but he wants to he wants to do the Euros with Holland. So he has said that he is interested in the job, but he wants to sort of finish his stuff with, with Holland first. Yeah, so maybe you keep Setien for another year. If you have to sack him in the middle of the season, fine. You get an interim. The, and they get, you get the Euros are over. Euros. There you go. 
FA Cup. We normally don't focus too much on the FA Cup here, but it's a semifinal. Four big teams, allegedly. Um, so we got Arsenal against City. Did anybody give Arsenal a chance? I didn't, but then they, they somehow, some way, dug deep and put together a collective 90 minutes of what I would say is just solid football. And they did what they had to do in order to get a result. I'm, I'm quite surprised. But then when I started thinking about it, I'm like, okay, who knows Pep better than his assistant? Nobody. So who else to know the weak points of the Manchester City system than a guy who was just in that camp? He's like a second like informant. He's like, I can tell you exactly where the security is to where, hey, yo, if like if you come here at 9.57 at nighttime, there's not going to be a security guy at the door. You can get in, get the money. No camera will see you. Oh, so are you revealing that you robbed a place before? Because you seem to know how all these kind of things work. I'm who just going by. How much did you rob? Point being, who better to know Manchester City's weaknesses than Mikel Arteta? And he exploited them. I mean, the idea that you play Maitland Niles on the wing that will nullify the City's play on the flanks and make. Kevin De Bruyne null and void by just shutting down all the passing windows and passing lanes that he likes to take advantage of. And now you're forced to put hopeful balls into the box for people who are like under five foot nine and Gabriel Jesus and others. I can only think of one really big moment that uh, Mares had in the game and Martinez. I'm quite jealous of Arsenal and their keeper situation at the moment, but like he pulled out one great save and mm. That's pretty much it. And then on the other end, City will give you chances. It's just, will you put them away? Yeah, you have to put them away. <clears throat> you will always get a chance against Man City. City on a great defensive team. They live off the idea that we will outscore you. Like, we, we, we will score two or three goals a game. We might make one mistake, but we'll still win 2-1, 3-1, And if you're a really bad team, then we'll just keep the ball from you. And we'll win four nil, five nil, six nil. Like that's that's what they do. But if they don't score, and you take your chances, then you can you can beat them, which is informative for the Madrid game. But maybe we'll get into that next week. So yeah, what did you think about this match? Was it an Arteta masterclass, or was it just more the sense of like, look, he knows exactly what to do against this well, guy? No, no, no. I think, as I said, I think this clearly showed that he knows Pep, so he knows. The spaces they attack, the passing patterns, and how they try to engineer a chance. And it seemed as if they were well drilled in positioning themselves and putting themselves in those spaces to stop those channels where City like to go from. So stopping the channels that W. Brunning likes to pass the ball into, nullifying Sterling being aware of his movements as well. I think what's really helped is them not having to cope with Aguero, who I still, even if I think Jesus is like a better footballer all around, Aguero is a better striker. And I think with Aguero, you can always give him, given the ball in that area, he knows how to quickly turn and just create something out of nothing because he's such a good striker and has a better eye for goal than Jesus does. But yeah, no, no, I just think, you know, Ateta just, he, he starts to give him credit. Very well organized. A great plan without the ball, a great plan with the the, the ball, just a, like a tactical beatdown of his master. Where do you rank Obama Yang in the lineage of strikers in his kind of generation? So he's 31, I think. So hmm. that means in his generation, we can include 
Lewandowski, Benzema, Aguero, Higuain, and Suarez. So he's in that era. He doesn't. He's not young enough to be with Kane, and Lukaku, and Icardi and those guys. So I think for me, he he's just be, he's just below the Cannibal, Lewandowski, maybe Benzema. He's just below there. So would you put him above Higuain in this era? Oh yes, for sure. Would you put him above Cavani? Yes. So the so you're saying in his era, the only ones better are Lewandowski, Benzema, and Suarez. Yeah. Damn. And Aguero. I'm, I'm assuming you no, no, put Aguero. No, no, but you see, you see, I said that him and Cavani are put on the same level. Okay. As in they're like a level below Aguero, the Cannibal, Lewandowski, Benzema. So those guys are like the top of their era. Then below them, you'd have a Cavani, and then you have you'd have an Aubameyang just below them. Right. See, so like my my ranking would be, I'd have Lewandowski clear of all of them, and then clear. and Benzema in a With clear no Champions League. Listen, I just in terms of just who would I want as a number nine for my team? I have Lewandowski in a level clear. Then I have Benzema in a level clear. Then I have Suarez in a level clear. Then we get into Aguero, and then maybe we get to that. And I agree with you. I think I'd put Cavani and Aubameyang on the same level, and in and in that level, I'd put Higuain as well. So I think that's that's kind of my stratification. So, so, so you put Higuain in the same level as Aubameyang, or I put Higuain with Cavani. Higuain. And the guy had one amazing season, and that's it. Must you look up his stat? Do we need to be a stat merchant? He had he had one all time season. That doesn't mean that's his only great season. Have you have you seen Aubameyang's goal scoring for Dortmund, a Dortmund who had already passed their peak and a struggling Arsenal? What did he go and do when he was at AC Milan? So he's he was with a Juventus who are flipping Juventus. When he was for Argentina, what 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 did he do at crucial games? Aubameyang is better than he guy, man. Come on, bro. You know what? Okay, fine. You you make a compelling point. I will adjust my rankings. So we got Lewandowski, Benzema, Suarez, Aguero. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so you're, so you're saying Prime Cannibal is below Benzema? In my, in my, who would I want in my team? I want Benzema over Suarez. No, no, it's not who he wants in your team. Just objectively, objectively. Well, objectively, Suarez is a racist, so he's not in my team. Objectively. No, no, this isn't about who's in your team. <laughs> it's about. Ob- Objectively, I told you, Mel, Mel Gibson is a flipping racist sexist. He's an he's a, a phenomenal director. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Yes, he's a racist, but he's a phenomenal director. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna break bread with him. I don't want to meet him. I don't want to. I don't want to break bread with him. <laughs> so that's just Break bread. Okay, if we're if we're completely objective, if I'm like if I'm not me and I'm just some alien observer, Lewandowski, Suarez. Aguero, Benzema, in terms of just striking output, probably yeah. it's difficult. Like they're it's, all it's, kind it's, of they're all they're all maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. Maybe okay. that's right. And look, I, I I think Benzema would have been the best striker. This guy's right. This guy knows me, bro. Rodney, shout out Rodney, man. Daniel has always said he thinks Benzema would have been the best striker of a generation if he played for France. If you give Benzema a World Cup and you let him play in the 2016 Euros, he's clear because he would have a World Cup. A Euro and four Champions Leagues. How can anybody argue with that? And imagine 
if Ronaldo let him take just half the penalties? Just, just, just can I take one, please? No, no, but, but these are all ifs and buts. I, I deal that's, with it. With, with no, no, no. I'm, it's all, it's all contingent on if. Manzukic. No, the Manzukic thing is the dude has come clutch, man. In terms of clutch, big games, showing up in big games, Champions League, wait, he scored in two Champions League finals and he's, he has scored and he scored the winning goal in a World Cup semi. Did he win either of those finals? Oh, yeah, he won the Champions League final. Woohoo. Bayern. Uh, the only one I think of is the one uh, with uh, Juventus. Against oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that was an amazing goal, though. There's there's a generation of strikers. This is completely off topic, but whatever. Um, there's a generation of strikers that are the, they're, they're like they're, they're the older guys. So you have like Thierry Henry, Didier Drogba, Samuel Eto'o, David Villa, and we can include Zlatan, even though he's a little bit younger than them. Then you have this crop of strikers, which is Lewandowski, Benzema, Suarez, Aguero, um, Higuain, Aubameyang. The Manzukis of the world, the Giroud's of the world, who are like you know thirty to thirty three ish. Then you have like this weird era that are like Tevez, Fernando Torres, like that kind of. It's like a weird one that sh- they they should be at their peak now, but they're like mm. retired. But and then and then you get into the younger generation that's like coming into their prime. So Kane, Icardi. Look, you can't blame. I'm just reading the comments. I shouldn't do this. Daniel has lost his credibility. Fair enough. I don't know how much I had to start with. Um, <laughs> Suarez scored 40 goals in La Liga with 15 assists and 31 goals in the Premier League, missing five games. I just don't like him. Can I just not like him? Am I allowed that? Have hope? Can I just not like somebody? Oh, no, no. But, but, but see, but see, that thing is like, see, people say that, oh, I hate Cristiano. I don't hate him. I just don't like arrogant people. And he just has a very smarmy face. But I've always said that. Let's consider Ronaldo a striker. Just bet. No, 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 but I always say Cristiano is an amazing goal scorer. I've always given him that. As far as goal scoring, he is an amazing, amazing clutch goal goal scorer. He's just an average player, but I can still say he's a goal scorer. Look, look, Carnival, look, the guy is a racist piece of crap who eats p- p- people. But I've always said that because, see, football is, is for football. John Terry is a racist piece of crap. Peak John Terry was an, an amazing defender. So you can still say, because for me, my love of football is... I don't even care who you are. You are insignificant as a creature. I just look at you as like a, a thing, an object. So I can just look at kind of objects and say, oh no, this guy is a damn good striker. I don't care about you. You're a piece of crap. I don't care about you. But at your peak, this guy was a ridiculously crazy striker. Listen, I'm not, I've, I've never said Suarez is a bad striker. I just said I wouldn't want him in my team. You, no, no, no. But, but, I think the, but the thing is that that shouldn't even be a comment you should make when we're discussing this. Because this is about who do you have in your team. This is about who are the best strikers. So you saying, I would just have him on my team is inconsequential. Like, I shouldn't even come into it. No, because you're asking me to put them in, like, a category. So I'm yeah, of like, of, of, of like who are the best strikers. So no, if, you're like, in, no, if you're putting people in a category of who are the best strikers, no, 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 why, no, no, why no. are you bringing up, like, I would not have him in my team? We've, we've, we've got our wires crossed. When I put people in in rankings, I'm not ranking them by objectively the best. I'm ranking them by who would I want in my team. That's the ranking. Oh, but that doesn't make any sense. Of course it makes. Of course it makes sense. I can't. I I don't know who's better, but I know who I want. Does that make sense? Like I can't tell you. Oh, this guy. He runs this fast. He can get this many goals. No, 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 no. You can do like. 
ranking guys it should always come from an unobjective point of view because we're talking for football that's impossible mm -hmm. if we're talking strikers you can go goal scored consistency on goals scored winning goals mm -hmm. when you've scored how many times have your goals led to winning games how many times have your goals went led to winning trophies how consistent have you been within goal scoring and so forth and can and can put all those things in one and say well taking all this all those things into account I think this dude is better than that, and this dude. So you put Cannibal in there because a lot of his goals were a major part of winning a treble. You Bro, look at had, you look at how many goals he scored at his head, his performances. I, I had him in the list. He was in my top five of this era. No, no. Oh, but what I'm saying no, is that you should no, never bring me the point no. that I'd never have him in my team. Of course, I wouldn't have him in my team. But you shouldn't bring up the points because we're having a conversation about. Who has been the best? Do you, you want say, yeah, this guy is a piece of crap. But no, no, no. okay, double H. If if we talk about who are who are the greatest center backs of the last era, when when we start talking about Vidic, Ferdinand, Terry, it gets to a point where all you have left is subjective markers because they're all pretty much the same guy. They're all good players in their own right. So then when it comes down to breaking who is your top five, who is your top three, who's in your top ten. It's all about you and your and my and his and your. It's 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 a it's all subjectively based. Right? It's who would I want in my team? And part of that means your character, and that's just part of my ranking. Like that that is included in the goals you score, when you score them, how you score them, the amount you score, your style of play, your personhood matters, and and maybe you're good enough to where you can just wipe that, and they're just like blank slates. And however good you are is where you rank. But for me, your personhood matters. So Suarez can't be my top guy. He can't be my top two guy. Now, there, it, there, there does come a point <laughs> where no matter how smug or bad of a, of a person you are, your talent is your talent. So I need to include you. So like John Terry would be in like my top five or top four or top three, even though objectively he might be the best. But for me, if you ask me Daniel to look ranking, I take into account this dude called somebody a black cut. I take into account this dude slept with somebody's wife when he shouldn't have. Is that a bad thing on my part? Maybe. <laughs> but I don't want John Terry in my team <laughs> if you gave me the choice. And that affects my ranking. I, 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 I make no apologies. Oh, no, no, no. I said, look, I mean, look, I said, again, look, they're both pieces of shit anyway. So. <laughs> Not to mention, and this is, this is a side topic. Is it really worth getting into a 15-minute debate to argue over two spaces in another person's brain? This is something I've always thought about. So, like, you'll see somebody give a top five list, right? And they'll put, like, yo, LeBron is the fifth greatest NBA player of all time. And then somebody in the comments will be like, nah, he's got to be top three. So, really, you're arguing over two spots out of the thousands, millions of basketball players that have ever played. Two spots. But top five and top three means something to you. It's somebody else's opinion. You, you're not going to change their mind <laughs> unless, like, you come with some glorious, spectacular, Christ-like argument. So part of my criteria is, do I want you on my team? That's part of it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, man. Anyway, Chelsea won. <laughs> <laughs> if they had lost for the fourth time, I'm not sure what this podcast would have sounded like. Um, it might have been more, a little bit more depressing. You're a hardcore Chelsea fan, man. I think you love Chelsea more than I do. Which is weird. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a complicated Chelsea fan, man. 
complicated in the sense that you like them so much it makes you question yourself, I think. Not complicated that I kind of sort of like them, kind of sort of don't. Look, it's all it's complex. It's, it's a complex relationship, bro. Complex. So the first thing I want to talk about here is what's wrong with De Gea? The, the, the World Cup. I think everything since that happened, he lost his powers. I think when after he made that mistake, such a high-profile game, I just think that the, the seeds of doubt got planted. And ever since then, you just saw him plump down. Because before then, guys were saying, oh, De Gea's one of the best in the world. And sort of, I was like, wait a minute. Um, all because people shoot straight at, straight at him in the EPL doesn't mean that he's better than Neuer or Black Quarter Stegen. <clears throat> but I think after that mistake at the World Cup, I just think his, his confidence got slacked. I think what's happening with him is in the 1970s, or the late 1970s, people didn't want Muhammad Ali to fight anymore because you could tell that the guy that was around in like the mid 60s and even the 50s, this isn't the same guy. Like his speech is a bit slower and it's slurred, and it's, the amount of punishment he had to take in order to win the fights wasn't something you wanted to see from a person you love so much. So people were like, Muhammad, why are you trying to fight? But in his mind, it's still good enough to where he's like, bro, like, nah, I'm the greatest, I'm the champ, like, I'm gonna fight two more times against fighters I shouldn't. I think like Burbick and Holmes. He had no business fighting them in 1980, but he did anyway. But he was a punch drunk fighter who who had taken just some wild number. It's just like, wow, you took that much punishment. De Gea, five years ago, four years ago, the amount of shots that this man was asked to save because United had no semblance of a defense in front of him was ridiculous. And to, a, I'm sure everybody remembers the Arsenal game, and games like it were just like the guy was incredible. It was just like everything that you shot at him, he saved it with his feet. He'd save it with his face. He'd save it with his chest. He'd find a way to get a hold of it somehow and deflect it, turn it around, and just reset everybody for a corner or what, or what have you. Right now, it feels like he's like a punch drunk boxer where just he was made to do so much that now it's almost like he's easily knocked out. His reflexes aren't the same. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is just a level of confidence. But I think it's more like attrition. The sense that I can't keep doing what I was doing the whole time for another five years. Like, I can't be Superman every year. Are these mistakes that other keepers just don't make? Or are these mistakes that we don't expect from De Gea? The, the mistakes keep us from making those mistakes. That's Mount's shot. That's, that's ridiculous. See, the first goal, eh, that happens. That second goal, nah. Oh, yeah, a, the, a pressure the, keeper should have been making that, that kind of movement. That, that's really, it's ridiculous. The first goal, it's 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 easy to pick fun, just because it oh you touched it and it went past. It's the you mm. know when the ball just kind of trickles across the line, it's like ah oh, you you could have done better. But the the pace of Aspilicueta's cross, the flick from Giroud, I mean, and the proximity that that one's difficult. The mount one, so again, come on. <laughs> and oh no no, it goes straight at you. I, I, and I, it wasn't it wasn't strong, hardly any power. I, I do remember Tim Howard saying, maybe in your goalkeeping expertise, <laughs> you can you can speak to this. But the idea that you should never get beat at your near post, goalkeepers don't know who came up with that. How do you feel about the saying that goalkeepers should never get beat at their near post? Do you think that's an accurate thing or do you think that's just something commentators say? No, it's accurate because if you think about it, by definition, that is where you're closest to. So if you just think about just in scientific or physical terms, you have to dive more 
to the post that is further away from you. So that's much more difficult. But if it's a post that is nearer to you, you hardly have to dive there. So that should be fully covered. So hence why, if you're a striker and you're coming in, you have to go far post to force him to make a save. But if you go near post, he's literally standing right there. So he hardly has to even move. Mm. So you should never really get beaten near post because that place should be covered. Because what you want to do is you are forcing the striker to go far post. So you're already getting yourself geared up to make the right angled save far post because the near post is close. So you say, all right, the, you now have to... And also as a striker, it's much more difficult to get your angles right for a far post finish than it is for a near post finish. It is just justice anyway, because he should be at Madrid enjoying life, winning Champions well, Leagues. And but, but, but then, but then they, they were called Coco Courtois, so he missed chance. Or was it the facts? What, what, did Woodward plan this all along? You know? Of course he planned. Like, I suspect they could have done it, but they just wanted to be like, oh, no, we tried. We tried, bro. It just didn't go through. Yeah, I know. Technicality, it sucks. Here's a new five-year contract. No, 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 no. Look, it, it was all a plan, man. It's justice. It's justice, man. They they, they should have let him go when he... I think it was like... I don't know how much it was. I know it was a lot of money, though. Um, or was it a lot of money? Or was it... It might have been like a cut-rate deal because he had like one year less on his contract. I'm trying to remember the situation. Anyway, if you're a Chelsea fan, I suppose it's like, hey, you know, you want to give us two goals, give us two goals. Now, I'm having a slight issue here. People are calling this a Lampard tactical masterclass. <sighs> I think you guys need to respect yourselves. United in the three previous games against Chelsea, or not, no, two previous games against Chelsea, I think. Definitely the last one. They played a back three. Lampard, all he did was watch the footage and was like, we need to match systems because he tried it against, he tried not to match systems against Sheffield when he played a back four against the back five and they got ran ragged. He switched to a back five. And they had some semblance of control over the game. So Lampard was like, okay, I'm going to put my full my wing backs to match their, their wing backs. Our back three is going to counter their or deal with their front two. And our, the midfields are going to cancel each other out. And we're just going to wait for them to either make mistakes. And for the first 45, the game was a horrible game. It's not like Chelsea were dominating, creating hella chances. Like, it wasn't like that. It, it took until the 55th minute in the first half. In order to get that chance that Giroud scored, it's not like they played fantastic. He just matched the system, which he knew uh, United would play because they've played three times already. So it's not some, oh my God, like Lampard, he he sussed out Ollie and all this. Like he did what you're supposed to do. They, they play a back five, we're going to play a back five. And hopefully that stops their wing backs from progressing. And then just if they mess up, which they did, we take advantage. So this whole oh Lampard man he got it spot on like it wasn't that difficult. <laughs> no, 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 I think that the key thing is Chelsea just took their chances. Obviously, the hair helped. Chelsea took their chances. If they had taken their chances in the three previous games, those would be different results because they had the chances. Yeah, the, the, the the first game it was a bad mistake from Zuma. They got everything started. I think. They lost 4-0, but they played generally well. It wasn't a matter of the system. The second game, which was in the League Cup, Rashford, it was a penalty and a Rashford free kick. So two set pieces. Batshuayi scored a great goal in that game, by the way, which is probably Chelsea's goal of the season. But that's neither here nor there. In the second game, that was like Martial 
Did March? I think Martial scored a goal. I'm forgetting who got the other one. But yeah, Lampard was just like, okay, we're we're gonna match systems with you, and that's what they did, and it nullified United. United and United played a worse team. Um, obviously they started De Gea, which is a surprise given that they rested a bunch of other players because they're trying to get into top four. But yeah, Chelsea played a stronger team. Kovacic had a great game. Um, he was the best player. Kovacic was the best player on the pitch. Reece James had a good game. I thought Aspilicueta was good on that right side <sighs> role. I thought Zuma was pretty decent. Rudiger was okay. Alonso didn't make too many mistakes, so I'm fine with it. He missed an open goal, basically. Chelsea just played a stronger team, and they matched the system. So I'm not. It's it's good that Lampard knew that he should do it. So I guess that's a that's a that's a check mark on his resume or in my perspective of him. But yeah, I'm not I'm not going as far as saying, oh my god, this proves that Lampard is the next generation of incredible managers and he's gonna take chance Chelsea to win the Champions League now that we have Werner and Ziesh. Hey, hey, let's like hold your horses. It's just it's a semifinal. If they lose to Arsenal, then what did it really matter? Um, another thing from this game that I think is important that I d- discuss or at least ask the question. There's a corner kick. William puts in a corner kick, and I think it's flicked by Williams, if I'm not mistaken. Could have been Daniel James, but they all look alike. Zuma and Bai go for the same ball, and there's a clash of heads. Mm. And it takes five, six, seven minutes, I think. They're both on the ground. And I tweet while they're on the ground. I'm like, look, considering these two are going to have to head balls punted into the sky, I would be cool if they were both substituted. I watched this thing about, it was like a TED Talk. It was about brain injuries and just the nature of concussions. And it's very like, it's harrowing stuff once you like actually do the science about what repetitive trauma does to the brain. It's like really scary. So the- I know, I must do, yeah. There's a piece of um, brain tissue that bridges together like the left and right hemispheres of your brain. And the more repetitive trauma that you take whether it's heading or like, you know, American football tackling or all this, all this kind of stuff, that bridge weakens. So when they do like postmortems on people and they study their brains, they, they see a deterioration of that loop of people who get repetitive um, head, head traumas. And it's suspected that, you know, kids who have been heading balls from, you know, age five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, up until, and especially professional footballers, if you, re- if you're a defender and you reach, you know, 34, 35, over the course of your life, like you're slowly killing your brain, essentially. But what's even more dangerous is if you have a concussion and then you get another concussion on top of it or another concussive blow, it, it can be very detrimental to your health in the immediate, not necessarily over the long term. So when I see Zuma and Bai clash heads, I'm like, this would be a great time considering you have five substitutions and nine people on the bench. Why risk them? It doesn't make sense, especially given that they are asked. De Gea punts one, Caballero punts one. It's going to Zuma or Bai, and they're going to be asked to deal with it. I mean, two minutes later, I think Caballero punts one into the air. It's Giroud, it's Maguire, Mm. and Bai is there in the mix, and he gets hit in the head again. And what was really interesting is Bai was injured. They let him get up. And then he collapsed down again. And I'm like, okay, is it going to take someone dying in order for you guys to realize that? Take this seriously. You know, I think it's true. I think because for so long, you know, before all these researches and everything, people are like, well, you know, it's it's a a head thing. But I think slowly and slowly people are now coming around with the science and realizing, you know, well, (laughs) 
if you just think about its logic, because even back then, when, when I played football, I was like, yeah, you had the ball and everything. But then I said, you know, you know, your, you know, your head is quite a sensitive area, and you're literally just <laughs> heading the ball with all your strength. I'm like, this must do some damage. It's like it's like boxing. Yeah, you are constantly being smacked in your brain continuously. You know, it's why boxing is more dangerous than MMA. Yeah, it is. It is. In, in MMA, you get it, knocked out. MMA is just one clean knockout. Yeah, and then what is harder is continuous trauma. Yeah, they do the hammer fist, one, two, three. The dude comes in and stops it, hopefully. With boxing, one jab, two jab, three jab, four jab. It's it's not knocking you out. You can go through the 10, 12 rounds, but the course of doing that, you end up like Muhammad Ali back here again. I don't know if Muhammad Ali was ever knocked out. I don't think he was ever knocked out. I think all he always lost by decision. And if he was knocked out, it might have or knocked down, it might have happened once or twice. Have you ever seen any given Sunday? Of course you yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. You know the James Woods character? Mm. <laughs> Where he's like, look, I'll play you if you want to play. Like, just tell me what you need and I'll play the player or I'll fake a report or anything like that. Like, I'm not saying doctors go that extreme. But the idea that team doctors get to decide what happens with you, I find, I think that's a conflict of interest in many ways. Do, do you remember earlier in the season where Paul Pogba wanted Ma- – Manchester United thought Paul Pogba could play. But he w- he went and got a second opinion, and he had to get surgery. Do you remember this? And and United fans were like, "Yo, we need to oh, sell." Yeah, Pogba. yeah, 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 yeah. Earlier this season, United fans wanted to sell Pogba because he decided he was going to get a second opinion from his own doctor, and his doctor was like, "No, you should probably get surgery." So Pogba, mm. and he went to get surgery. For me, I look at that and I think the team doctors are they really serving Paul Pogba's best interest, or are they serving Manchester United's best? Yeah, it's just it's just the team, you know, it's the team. Exactly. Team doctor. So if Eric Bailly is concussed and, he, you know, he can – or pre-concussed, what, what, whatever it is, but some level on that on that spectrum, and, you know, they do the, the, the finger test where it goes from right to left and you follow with your eyes, what's your middle name? He says Bertrand. Like, e- e- like everything's cool. And, of, and of course, the player is going to be like, let me play, especially a player like Bailly. He's hey, like, let me play. They're going to put him back on. But the best interest of the player, and even in Zuma's case where nothing happened, or nothing happened subsequently anyway, the best interest of the player is, hey, this guy had head trauma. They were both knocked out for five minutes. There's a reason Giroud was playing until the 55th minute to score his first goal of the game. <laughs> there were 10 extra minutes. If, if it takes 10 minutes to recover a dude, don't put him back in the game. I don't want to see someone die in order for us to understand that people could get seriously hurt playing this game. I, just, I was just watching. I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was worrying seen by him, man. And how they had to take him away. I was worried. I, was worried. He, he had him in the stretcher with like the mask. It's just like the first instance should have been the clue. Like, I'm just, I don't get it. Um, maybe I do get it. Maybe they just don't give a f- Maybe that's what it is. Now, we got one more thing to get through. This is perfect, have hope. The fact that they canceled the Ballon d'Or this year is incredible. Because what is my, what has been my number one complaint about this stupid trophy? It's that how can you have an individual award based on a year when the season of football, the calendar year of football goes over two years? It doesn't make sense that you have a 2019-2020 season, but you have a Ballon d'Or winner of 2020. That doesn't make any sense. The, the reason them, them canceling the Ballon d'Or for 2020 is perfect is because the 2019-2020 season is happening. It's happened right now. 
it's still finishing. Like the Champions League is in August. So if you're a player like Lewandowski, you're looking at this like, wait, wait, wait. so I just scored 50 goals in this season, but I'm not going to get anything for it, even though I should. But what it goes to show is that this award is some bullshit. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't exist in the way it exists right now. This is like, this is, this is ideal for me because it proves the point that this award, the way it's structured, is nonsense. Wait, I don't understand. So you're saying that them canceling it is proof that it's stupid because you couldn't cancel an award that was based on the 2019-2020 season. They couldn't do that. If if the award was structured that we're giving this to the best player of the 2019-2020 season, then the award would have to be given. No, no, okay, no, but even if they're doing it just for the year, there's still been a year's worth of football being being played. Even if we've missed out a month, that has still been uh, made up for for the congestions of fixtures. Not in France, though, which is where this award emanates. Yeah, well, that's because well, blame well because you were stupid enough to fire off the trigger before everyone else. So, which which shows you the the stupidity they're doing this because it's a French award, and because it's a French award, and the French league decided before anyone to declare their league. They said, oh, no, but no, 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 that's you. Everyone else played football. Everyone else has had a season. Everyone else played 90 minutes, and it's going to be a Champions League. So there has still been football within your so-called calendar year. No, but no, but this, it's, if, if the award was rooted in the football calendar, they couldn't remove the award because the 2019-2020 season happened. And no, it's no, but, yeah, but, 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 but even if it's for the year of 2019. The calendar year instead of the football calendar, you can more easily remove it. But how can you, again, how can you remove it if it's the calendar year? How? When only when it's only the French league who, who declare? What is it tied to? It's not tied to the season. It's tied to the year. And that's always been my problem with it. No, 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 no. no, but, what, no but what I'm saying, no, no, what I'm saying to that, how can they still, how can they, even if we say it's for the year of 2019, it's not for the, Oh, oh, sorry, it's for the year 2020. Even if it's for the year 2020, we still have enough football being played for the year. Even if there was no football no, being played no, for a match, no, that was made up in all the fixtures that, that you had in June and July. But What's the, the difference? I, well, I think the difference is you have four or five months with no football whatsoever. So? Those four or five months is like almost half of 2020. But but it's still being made up for those four. The football played in those four or five months were made up in, in two months. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, you see, that's when you're just going into semantics. Then we're like, well, no, no, no. If you look at it in literal terms, the football being played still makes up what the football would have been played if things were normal. But yeah, but it's not the regular year. It's like we're cramming five months into two or four months. Into two months. No, no, so no. Yeah, but, but you're playing. You know, again, you're playing semantics because at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's, it's, football it's, has still been played in 2020. Yeah, but the fo- the football that's been played in 2020 is not reflective of the football that would have been played in 2018, 2019, 2017, 2016. So I can see their argument where it's like, look, the, the football okay. that's been played, there's no fans. It's been rushed. It's been harried. It's been this and that. It's not real in their mind. Therefore. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's but, it's it's but, stupid. But, it's stupid. but think about it. If the if the award was rooted in the season and not the year, what how how would they excuse getting rid of it? 
They could have. Sure. It, 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 it is stupid out of the year. The FIFA Best Award, isn't that for the season? I think so. I think so. I think FIFA Best Award is for the season. I respect those awards more because they're based on who was the best this season, not who who is the best this year. That doesn't make any sense. So I'm 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 very happy that they've discredited their own award because it needs to be discredited. Who doesn't make sense to me. Hopefully somebody out there understands what I'm saying. So questions. Let's let's check Twitter, man. Do you want to start wild or do you want to leave wild for like the last part? Let's let, let's start wild, man. Is urinating in the shower acceptable? Yes, if you if you shower it away. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. It's not. This is the thing. No, no. Wait, two things. Two things. Two things. No, no. If you live alone, no, no, no. Let me, let me, let me explain. If you live alone and you shower it away, heck yeah, it's your house. To toilet. If you live in public with other people, then no. A shower is not a toilet. The toilet is right there next to the shower. Ah, if, look, man. Water is water, man. Come on. If, if you know you're going to shower, piss beforehand. Sometimes you, you forget. What do you mean? Look, man. It's look, it's my shower, it's my bath. I will, I will, I will piss there and I will and I will wash it away with the with, with the shower. So oh, <laughs> is diarrhea acceptable in the shower? No. It's liquid. It'll wash away in the water. What's the difference? <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, no, 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 no. Diarrhea. That's that's. Come on, that's too. First of all, that is a lot harder to wash away. <laughs> I'm just saying it's liquid, so it'll wash away in the shower. So what's the difference? No, 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 no. no it's not. It's it's a lot harder to wash away diarrhea, and also it's it's it will the stench will stay a lot more if you have diarrhea in there. Okay. If your toilet is not in your shower space, then I might understand. But in most homes, the shower is right next to the toilet. So if you need to use the toilet, <laughs> use the toilet. <laughs> yeah, look, man. As I said again, if you're using it with other people, then nah. If you're by yourself, the heck? Just piss, piss there, shower away, and boom, keep it moving, man. It's not a big deal, man. He said, are we talking tactics on urine? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. No bodily functions should happen in the shower. You're you shouldn't be, be taking a shit in the shower. Okay. You shouldn't be peeing in the shower. The shower is a place to be clean. Piss is not clean. It is waste. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. It's a place to be clean. What are you in the shower for? To wash deaths off your body. No, you're in the shower to get clean by washing dirt off your body. Yes, but you're washing debts off your body. So the shower is going to be filled with debt that you then obviously have to wash away. So just add more to it? That's what, that's what I'm saying. Debt is already there. The pisses is another form of debt. Is piss worse debt than the, the debts you, you get up from the sweats and all the little bits of... Yes, small little dead particles that that accumulates on your yeah. body. Come on. Yes, it's gross. It's nasty. It's just go. Yo, what do you mean if you live by yourself? So like, if a guest comes, you just give them that shower, and, and but do you tell them, hey, look, like sometimes you know I. I oh, no, 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 no. If not, if a, if I know a guest is coming, I'll make sure that's all right. Look, man, let me. No, no pissing in the shower or not or anything. And look, if it's in, I'm like. 
fine. I pissed in the shower. And? <laughs> because... Maybe because what I always do is that I always make sure that the shower is fully clean and I always do like a rinse of the of my bath place once in a while to make sure it's sparkling clean anyway, which is what I did today actually. Nothing wrong if you aim for the drain. <laughs> <laughs> what about women? Women can't necessarily aim. Yeah, they can, man. Come on, spread your legs, put your I said necessarily. Put put your put your kitty cats above the drain and aim. Get it in a particular direction, but they can't aim it. Yes, you can. Okay, spread your legs. Make sure you're hovering over the drain and fire just, away. Just people, just use the toilet. Just it's 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 specifically made for that purpose. Next question. <laughs> well, H H play Kante and Kovacic in a pivot and change the formation to four two three one next season. Would you play four two three one with Conte and Kovacic next season? Quick answer. No. If Raul Jimenez, Wolf striker, was at Liverpool instead of Firmino, would Liverpool be better or worse going forward? I think he'd score more goals. I don't know if that necessarily means you'd be better because Firmino facilitates what Salah and Mane do. Would Jimenez do that to the same level? Mm, it's, it's hard to say because you have to know that he would. He would. He would, he would, he would fit in, you know. From Dr. Tobias Funk, do you think the Ballon d'Or format needs to be restructured? Yes. Also, if it wasn't cancelled, who was your favorite to win it? I think it was Lewandowski. For for me, I, there was no favorite. You have to wait until the Champions League. Champions League is, is, is key. I'm not going to say Lewandowski. From Koisi Twenty specifically, who would you rather have in goal, De Gea or Kepa? I think I still have De Gea. Yeah, De Gea, De Gea. Damn. <laughs> <Kepa>. <laughs> no, no, no. Kekapa is special bad. He's special, special bad. I'm not over this, man. I'm not. No. Nah. You, you, you can't. Or at least you shouldn't. You're a child. Are we still on this pissing thing? It's just, it, it's just it's seared my brain. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just not that deep. It's, it it's is. not that deep, man. If, if you're a child, go for it. You're, you're, you're a baby. You don't know that, oh... Uh, the water is gonna make me think of peeing. Then I'm gonna go pee. Like, oh, I, I get that. You know, when you run the tap, <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's, just, it's not that deep, man. It's just piss. It's nasty. <laughs> you wash it away, man. I mean, what do you mean you wash it away? <laughs> Look, what's, what's 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 the next question? What's the next question? That's it. That's it. Oh. That, that, that was it. It was Kepoor De Gea. I saved that one for last because I, I I knew what the answer would be. <sighs> People are nasty. Don't be nasty. <laughs> Just don't be nasty. <laughs> Is it that hard? Just scrub yourself. Don't piss in the shower. Use the toilet. Why does Gaflock always think that you bleach? Because I wrote for Bleacher Report. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh. so this has been the Talking Texas Podcast. Remember, we do this every Monday on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do this every Tuesday um, in podcast form. Follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Check out our Patreon, $3 a month. Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on iTunes, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read on the show. I'm at Daniel Tulluk. Carl's at Anchorman 616. Have hope. Where can people find you? Half hope. Just type in half hope and you'll, you'll find me, man. Um. So, yeah. Talking Tactics podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Don't piss in the shower. And we will see you guys next week. Peace. Stay black. Sports Social Podcast Network.